Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 29 through 37, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 12, through chapter 4, verse 2, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 9, verse 28 through 43a, and Psalm 99. God, grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change, courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. I wonder if you've ever struggled with who you used to be. I wonder if you've ever thought back on things you used to believe Ways you used to act, maybe people you used to be around and get along with, or some aspect of your life where you were living in a specific way, and you look back on that, and you, maybe you got a little regret. Or, or maybe you don't have regret, but, but you have changed, and you're a different person now. And as you look back on some aspect of your past, you have a little bit of struggle. You have a space within you. There's tension there. And you're trying to work it out. Maybe you grew up conservative and became liberal as you got older. Maybe you grew grew up in a liberal family and you became the conservative one. Maybe you grew up in some kind of radical environment and all of a sudden you find yourself being a moderate and wondering how that happened. (laughs) Maybe you grew up Catholic or some other denomination. You found yourself here somehow. Maybe you worry about going back to some kind of reunion or... Maybe the family meals that you share once a year with distant family for holidays stresses you out because you think about how different you've become. You think about your own past and the things you have to struggle with just to be okay. Throughout this season in the church, this season of Epiphany, we have been focusing on Paul's letters to this church that he helped plant in Corinth. And today we heard a reading from that. And in this reading, I believe we are hearing Paul struggle with his own past, with his own identity. There is language here where he's talking about they and them and how there is a veil laying over their faces when they hear Moses and when they read from Moses. And of course, he's talking about his Jewish siblings. And I want to be really clear that this text is very rarely preached on because this text has often been used for anti-Semitic purposes. This is a text that oftentimes says, those Jews got it wrong, but we Christians got it right. Now, I'm not so worried about a group of Episcopalians thinking they're better than Jews. Episcopalians generally just think they're better than all the other Christians. That's sort of our, that's our lane when it comes to being super judgy, right? When our, our, our version of judginess is we don't generally judge people of other religions. We just judge other Christians. That's our angle. But I want us to be aware that that is present in this text. And it's so important for us to remember that Paul is not a Gentile Christian criticizing Jewish people. Paul is a Jewish Jew who grew up Jewish. Not just that, Paul, as we've heard in the stories, was a Pharisee who specifically made it his job to persecute, torture, arrest, and kill 
Christians. That's who Paul was back when he was called Saul and before Jesus knocked him off his horse, made him blind, gave him his sight back, and woke him up to the reality of God in his life. We might say, oh, he used to be Jewish and now he's Christian. But what Paul's really struggling with is, I used to be kind of awful to other people. And now I'm trying to center my life on love. I used to believe that it was okay to hate and marginalize and even harm other people for believing the wrong thing. And I believed there was nothing more important than following the rules And if we could all just get it together and follow the rules and have a pure religion and a pure culture and a pure society, if we could just do that, then maybe we'd see God's glory. This is how Paul thought. And he's just been knocked down by the truth. The truth of Jesus Christ, which is that love is here and now found present in the people around you. And so he's struggling with that today. He's struggling with his own past. When he says they, he means me a couple minutes ago. How do you know? Because you know the things that bother you the most about others are the things that you're worried about or that are true about yourself. This is an ongoing struggle then for Paul. He quotes this reading that Gordon read from Exodus, and I want us to kind of, we're going to do like a two-second Bible study here. This idea of Moses coming down from the mountain with the commandments, and his face is so shiny, it freaks him out. Everyone around Moses is freaked out, and they're like, can you just cover up if you're going to talk to us? And so he puts this veil over his face to protect them from this glorious sight. You might actually, you can look at the cover of your bulletins. You'll notice that Moses has horns in this picture. In the Hebrew, the word that is used for how the light is shining is a similar word to like horns that are coming out. So a lot of old imagery of Moses is of Moses almost looking beastly. The glory of God being actually terrifying and making Moses look like something other than another person. But you don't have to be a Bible student or get all of this stuff to know that there is a trend. There is a trend for Paul in his growing up. And it's also a trend that we see throughout the book of Exodus, which is be afraid of God. God is scary. In the first time when God tries to give the commandments to the people, They're all standing at the foot of Mount Sinai and God comes down in glory and there's great thunderous cloud and fog and the sound of God's voice is so terrifying while God is simply just saying like, "Uh, thou shalt not kill. That's it. But his voice is so terrifying. The presence of God is so terrifying to people that they say to Moses, don't even talk to God. They don't say, hey God, stop. They look at Moses and go, can you tell him to stop? He's freaking us out. And so this text we hear today is similar. Moses brings the glory of God that is found present in God's covenant with the people, and the people are scared of it. Paul is raised in an environment where the presence of God is scary. And seeing God's glory in others is even scary. Moses veils his face not to protect himself, but to protect his people because they're so terrified of what they see. 
I don't need to preach to a group of people about what it's like to cover your face for the benefit of others. Uh, we've got that going on pretty strong right now. And it's a little bit different. I can see your eyes, and I'm thankful for that. And I, and I know that I can see you when you smile, even when your face is covered, and we can recognize love in each other's faces. But we do know that there's something missing. We do know that when we cover our faces, even to care for each other, that there's a part of one another that we're not able to see. And we all grieve that. Like all politics aside, all beliefs about whatever you think about masks aside, we all grieve the reality that we can't all just be face-to-face the way we want to be. And in that case, we actually understand what Paul is getting at here. Because what Paul is getting at is that he is accustomed in his life to hiding something of himself and to not seek God's glory in other people. To, To Paul... In his history, if you want to know about the glory of God, first thing to do is be afraid, but then also you look to the commandments, you look to living the right way, you look to following specific rituals and adhering to specific rules, and then you still might not see the glory of God, but at least you'll be the right kind of person. But Paul has had an experience of the divine present in his life, Jesus appearing to him. And it's broken him down. And it's helped him to realize something about God's glory. God's glory is not something that is meant to be hidden away or afraid of. God's glory is something in which we are meant to revel. And what's more, if we are interested in seeing God's glory, we don't need to look backwards we can look forward. And indeed, if we are really interested in seeing God's God's glory, we only need to look into one another's faces. God's glory is found in you. The beauty and the truth of who God is is lived out in the present in the way that we care for one another in the lives that we share, in the love that we have. That turning that Paul talks about away from Moses and towards Jesus, as I said, has been used in harmful ways. The way he's talking about for himself is turning away from the things that he held on to that kept him from recognizing God's presence and glory in the people around him. This is a um, scary time to be a person. We, we're just trying to get to the end of this pandemic, and now we're in the midst of really doing our best simply to pray and hope that we're not about to enter into a war. This is a scary time and a hard time to be a person. And I did not get any degrees in geopolitics, and no matter how much time I spent on the internet, I seem still not to be an expert. So I'm not going to try to solve all that with a couple of nice words about how if we just loved each other, we could get along. Because I love a lot of people, and it doesn't mean we all get along. I will say this. I was raised during the Cold War 
And I was raised to believe certain things about our enemies. I was raised to think of them in less than human terms. And if you are paying attention to all that's going on in Russia and Ukraine, one of the things that you can be aware of is that these Russian soldiers are being told things about Ukrainians that are not true about who they are as people. When we hide ourselves and veil ourselves from the truth of who one another is, and we don't pay attention to the glory and the beauty in one another's humanity, everything breaks down. It all falls apart. And hatred and pain and violence is so much easier for us. If we take seriously Christ's presence, not just in this world, but Christ's presence in the person right in front of me. We have no choice but to fall in love, to love the people in front of us, to love them for who they are and not for who we want them to be. If we take seriously Christ's presence in this world, moving with power, for justice and peace. We have no choice but to fall in love with this world itself and see it as a location of God's glory. And honestly, if we allow ourselves the audacity to recognize God's presence in our own selves, We can love ourselves, our neighbors, and this world with more power than we ever could have imagined. God is not far off. God is not hidden. God is present within you, within me, and in this world. It is my prayer that we can make it our life's work to remove those veils that keep us from seeing God in one another. In Jesus' name.